This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. We're closing in on Michigan's game against UNLV. It's another non-conference cupcake Well, the Wolverines taste victory once again. We discuss what to look for in Game 2 coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning, September 7th. As promised, pregame pod for UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, as Aaron McMahon writes in all his pregame stories. Uh... 3.39 kickoff on CBS. Another, you know, new first year of this deal between the Big Ten and CBS. Uh, UNLV's first game ever on the network. And yeah, the second meeting ever between Michigan and UNLV. First one came, it was Harbaugh's uh, just a second win at Michigan in 2015. And yeah, Michigan played two Mountain West teams last year and crushed them both to open the season. And odds makers expect this one will be lopsided again. So I don't know. I don't need game predictions from you guys. I want kind of more, what are you looking for? What are you thinking that Michigan can build on from last week? Or maybe some players we we didn't see last week that you want to see this week or just things that did or didn't happen that you're looking for. What 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 is exciting about this game? Well, they need to run the football better. I mean, that was kind of maybe the, the one, maybe negative coming out of Saturday's game, at least on the offensive side of the ball, right? Like they... They ran the ball well at times. Blake had the, the big run and that set up the second touchdown. But uh, by and large, I mean, it was a very um, unimpressive game from, from the running game perspective. Uh, I think there were struggles up front with the offensive line, uh, handling what East Carolina was throwing at them. I, I don't know if, if UNLV is going to play the same way, but um, I, I got to think not having Sharon Moore on the sideline last week hurt um, just in terms of in-game adjustments and, and everything else. So they, they do get Sharon back this week. Um, he is going to be calling the play, so we'll see where the offense goes from there. But I'm really going to be looking at the run game and, and how they kind of uh, improve or, or, or you know adjust as the game goes on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to be much improved in the run game. I, I think the UNLV is much more uh, vulnerable against the run than, than I think East Carolina was. I mean, even going back to last year, I know East Carolina had a completely new team this season, but they were pretty good against the run last year and, and struggled against the pass, and that's exactly how it played out on Saturday. I mean, UNLV played a yeah. They dominated Bryant in the in the FCS mat and uh, FCS team in their opener, but I think they still gave up like 170 something rushing yards too. So uh, I, I think Michigan's going to be able to take advantage, and I can see this score getting uh, very lopsided in a hurry. Yeah, Michigan a 36 point favorite, something like that, similar to what it was last week. Obviously, Michigan 
ended up not covering that number. We'll see if some of these giant spreads start getting adjusted, uh, you know, with the new clock rules. It seems like other, other, you know, top 10 teams had no problems winning by 40, 50 points, but you know, their offenses might be a little bit different. Um, Michigan kind of more, I think it was Kirk Campbell talking about this uh, yesterday with us, you know, not, not huge, you know, uh, plays in the passing or run game, typically more, you know, chunk plays that move them along. They pick up more first downs than most teams uh, and maybe take a little more time off the clock, which, you know, this year would be even more time off the clock uh, the way it moves. Uh, Ryan, your story on that post yet, or, or it's coming today or. Yeah, no, it, it posted yesterday. I, I did some research and I was kind of surprised with, um, cause yeah, like Donovan Edwards said on, on Tuesday, Oh, the game still felt long, but diving into the numbers, Michigan averaged, 138.2 plays per game, including 62.8 on defense last season. And on Saturday, they the game only featured 117 plays, and, and Michigan's defense was only on the field for 55. So, like, Brady McGregor was like, yeah, I, I noticed, like, wanting to get – I was more rested. I wanted to get back out there. It seemed like the drives were taking a ton of time off the clock, and that was without them running the ball very much. So, you mentioned this, the spreads and stuff. I think – it might hurt Michigan as a cover team this year because they are uh, more prone to having those long seven, eight, nine yard drives. And that's going to take even more time off the clock. They're still going to win, but like it's just not going to give them as much opportunity to, to rack up the score. So um, we'll see how it happens. It's only one game, but I, I do think it's making a difference and it is, should affect the the spreads moving forward. Game still felt long because it still was. I mean, there that just means a larger percentage of the game is commercials now. Did you see that? Um, you know, kind of post from from someone on Reddit about the uh, FSU LSU game. I, I did not. I did not. But you seem like a Reddit guy, so enlighten us. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. It came across on a on a different social media platform. But the you know the game kicked off at 7:45 and ended at 11:08. So that's you know three hours, 23 minutes, you know, 131 ads were shown for a total of 55 minutes. Like, so it's just, there's just not enough. That's crazy. And, and that's, that wasn't counting. Like he stopped the clock, I guess, right when they came back from commercial. So even if they're still saying when they come back, you know, tonight's game was brought to you by, or, you know, here's the Affleck trivia question, which are they're They're all ads. Um, those weren't counted. Those were counted as game time. So when you only get, know game presentation time of two and a half hours and add time of one hour it's just it's tough it's really tough and they're making it just i don't know if it's tougher to watch on tv or tougher to be at home or tougher to be in the stands if you're in the stands you're 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 captive um but i don't know there's some other sights and sounds if you're at home it's just just the non-stop ads but you can change the channel i don't know it's not it's not good unless you're watching on peacock yep that, that's just it, right? They're still playing 60 minutes of football. The, the, the quarter times haven't changed, but more time is being eaten up by, like you said, when they get those first down games. So the game's essentially, yeah, it's being the, the percentage of plays is going down. So, yeah, M Michigan UNLV, big favorite. Uh, you know, UNLV, uh, Steve Klinkscale, Michigan co defensive coordinator, secondaries coach, talked about the uh, strong arm of UNLV quarterback Doug Brumfield. His numbers were not good in the opener by any means, uh, but you know on tape he saw some some missed opportunities in in you know in the in the long passing game. Uh, we already mentioned Ricky White from UNLV, a receiver that you know tortured Michigan uh, in 2020 when he was with Michigan State. 
uh, you know, he's part of some, you know, he's, they got some speed on the outside on the, on this team, including in the, the punt return game. They got a running back from Pitt That's, that's good. Um, yeah. And they've got a, you know, defensive minded, uh, head coach. So I think they definitely are a program that's on the rise, but they, they don't seem ready to necessarily compete with Michigan. So again, it's more about what we see, uh, from Michigan. Um, okay. You talked about the running game. Uh, we should see a different backup quarterback for what it's worth. I mean, Jack Tuttle should get the first snaps, the, uh, you know, Indiana transfer, um, you know, at, you know, behind JJ McCarthy to battle for that number two spot. Um, I don't know. Does that interest you at all? Or when you've got a entrenched starter like McCarthy, I guess it doesn't matter too much. I'm, I'm a little surprised that maybe him maybe potentially falling in the depth chart. Cause remember we go back to the spring game, right? He was the other starter opposite of JJ McCarthy. So that would indicate coming out of the practice that he was probably, you know, had the edge at the number two spot um, that clearly hasn't maybe borne out through the summer and in, in the fall camp. Uh, the fact that Davis Warren was the first backup quarterback out of the field on Saturday tells me that he probably is the edge. Now, I don't know how big it is, um, but a little bit surprising. Um, I, I, but I, I think with your Michigan, just in general, you want to find a, a backup quarterback that you can re- rely on just in case, you know, heaven forbid that JJ does go down with a serious injury and gets knocked out for a significant amount of time. You need someone you can trust in there. Um, you know, uh, Jack Tuttle came into the, the the year with probably the most experience of the group. Um, now he hasn't been part of the Michigan offense, so he's he's kind of been brand, he's brand new to the program in that regard. But you want someone you can lean on, and I think right now they, they're going to treat these first three games at least that's what it sounds like, like a you know like a live like you know scrimmage. They're going to find out who they think is best in game, and they'll probably roll from there. Yeah, uh, to me, to be honest, I'm not that surprised at all. I mean, Jack Tuttle's been around for what this is his sixth year in college football, and and he only started, I think, five games at Indiana. So it's not like, I mean, yeah, he was a big name coming out of the high school, a, a highly ranked recruit, but it, it never really translated to production at the college level. So, I mean, with with by going with Davis, you you get a younger guy, a guy with probably more potential. So what might what might as well try and groom him into uh, into that role? And I think he might offer a little bit more upside. And we haven't seen him much, but. I mean, in, in the spring game, I think two years ago, he played pretty well. Um, was five of nine passing last year for like 89 yards. He can he can run it a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's not that surprising too. And, and yeah, I mean, they probably brought in Tuttle just for more insurance, but you, there, he was no guarantee that he would be able to be that, that number two and, and provide that reliability that Michigan's searching for in the backdoor quarterback spot. Rod Moore and Will Johnson both missed the game with uh, injury. Uh, here on Thursday morning, I guess what's your, uh, you know, what's your prediction for whether they suit up on Saturday against UNLV? I don't have a good guess. Probably going to be a game time decision, uh, depending on how they're feeling. You know, if you're Michigan, I don't think you feel like you need to play them. I think you liked what you saw uh, on Saturday out of the, some of the backups and some of the reserve guys. Um, but I do think they want to get get them in a game mold, right? You want them getting getting ready and getting live game reps and kind of. Um, you know, acclimating, acclimating them before the Big Ten season, the schedule starts. So I, I, I got to think there'll probably be a game time decision. They'll probably dress. Um, I, whether they play, I, I don't know. And if they do play, is it only a handful of reps? Like like last week, Macari Page, for instance, you know, safety was a, was a, was questionable in a game time decision. And he ended up playing, what, like 10 snaps? So I could see something like that where they play a little bit, but not, not, not a ton. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the last thing you want if you're, if you're Michigan is them to, like, 
tweak something in a not a meaningless game, but in a game that you know you're going to win, no matter even if you had the third string defensive backs out there. So uh, it, it sounds like they've practiced this week and, and they were close to playing even uh, even the the week before. But when we talked to like Keon Sab, he he knew like a week before that he was going to start, and and same with uh, Josh Wallace and Keyshawn Harris. So it kind of sounded like they knew going into that first game that that Will and Rod weren't going to play. So if they're not at least 95, 90, 95% healthy, I don't, I don't see why they would risk it. And, and when you still have another non-conference game, you could kind of break them into uh, next week as well. But we'll see. I, I think what Aaron said would be a pretty good plan too, just to give them a few snaps just to get their feet wet. But you don't, definitely don't want to overdo it. Since we last recorded, uh, we've talked to players on Tuesday night, including Donovan Edwards, um, and got assistant coaches Kirk Campbell and Steve Klingscale. Campbell, the quarterback's coach who served as the play caller in Sharon Moore's absence in the opener, and Klingscale, who, again, um, you know, on the defensive side and just always has uh, is always insightful with us. Um, yeah, I guess any any highlights from anything, you know, you learned or just found interesting from any of those interviews? Yeah, I'll chime in here. You know, we spoke to Kurt Campbell, quarterback's coach. He was in charge of calling plays last Saturday. And I think we got some clarity, which I thought was interesting. We'd heard all offseason that and JJ said this in interviews that he wanted to use his legs more. And I think we all assumed that meant running more. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, right? Because Kurt Campbell said on, on Wednesday that we're not necessarily, you know, letting him go, you know, out of the pocket and, and scrambling for yards. It's more scrambling to kind of continue plays and keep and extend plays in the passing game. So uh, we saw Saturday Michigan was very much very active with the play action. Uh, I think that seems to be kind of like step one in this offensive progression. And uh, I, I think it's more along those lines, right? It sounds like they're giving JJ more uh, more freedom. He's calling out things. Uh, he called some audibles on Saturday. Called some different protections, and it, it obviously worked out. And obviously, it was a, it was a it was East Carolina, so the opponent exactly wasn't great. But uh, JJ is taking the next step, uh, and I think it's part of this evolution, right? Of Michigan throwing the ball a little bit more than they have in the past couple of years, and trying to trying to open things up a bit. For me, I just I, I love listening to Steve Kling still talk really about anything. I mean, he's probably might be the most insightful coach on the staff, and. Um, he, he cuts through the the fluff too. I mean, he's not trying to say everyone on the depth chart is glowing in practice, and um, I mean, he he wears his heart on his sleeve and, and tells it how how it is, and kind of die. And when you ask a question, he's he typically answers it with more than uh, just one sentence. So, I mean, nothing too scintillating coming from that, but just more uh, just interesting perspectives on on certain certain topics that uh, that we could definitely use for for future topics. Aaron asked me before we started recording, is there anything new with basketball? I feel like we haven't talked about them in a while. The answer is no, there is not. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if we ever fully recapped the women's trip, you know, overseas, but, you know, it's three lopsided games. I, you know, as we get closer to the season, I can talk about kind of who started in those games, what the rotations were like, you know, who's looking to, uh, you know, be key contributors on that team, but I'm not sure that's super relevant at this point. Um, but the men's team, no, I mean, still have the open scholarship, but, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be, uh, using, using it necessarily. It's, it's school has started at this point. They, they did, you know, find a, you know, a big man, a freshman, um, you know, overseas that they 
were able to get, but you know, given the timing of it, I'm not sure how much of a contributor he'll be this year. And just, you know, the fact that they've, they've got someone at that position, it just gives them a little depth behind uh terrorist Reed jr. Um, you know, to have, uh, uh, another, um, you know, center on the roster instead of kind of moving guys that are out of position in, in that spot. But, uh, Olivier Kamwa, uh, you know, will be ba- is back after his, you know, time playing with the Finland national team in the FIBA world cup, uh, the world cup in which Germany, uh, and the, the Wagner brothers, Mo and Franz are, uh, in the semifinals and will face the United States, um, tomorrow night. So I have a story previewing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is to say about basketball. We'll have media day in a month. Um, you know, I'll have more more about the team after that. But um, no, not quite that time where we're talking hoops and hockey and some other sports. It's kind of uh, all football all the time right now on Wolverine Confidential. One more thing before we sign off, and uh, Andrew, I'm assuming you did you saw this because you wrote the UNLV preview. But did you guys look at the box score from UNLV's opener against Bryant? I sure did. I did. The stats. Yeah. They they won the game forty four to fourteen. Mm-hmm. They were outgained four hundred nine to three ninety four. UNLV committed two uh, one more turnover than Bryant, and they lost the time of possession advantage by nearly nineteen minutes. And they won forty four to fourteen. That's just incredible to me. It, it is. I mean, UNLV maximizes opportunities. First of all, you know, it, it yes. covered ninety six or ninety eight yards on a kickoff return. So that that you know, you just needed two yards to get your your seven points there. Um, you know, they scored at the very end of the half. Um, you know, just to, as far as again time of possession, they just they they maximize things. But yes, odd. You know, you look at some of those numbers, you'd certainly think maybe the Bryant won, or at least it was more competitive. But to have a thirty point win, yeah, when your quarterback is like. He's like seven of something. I mean, eighty something yards. It wasn't, wasn't, uh, yeah, particularly flashy. But um, yeah, I don't know. That'll, but again, all of this will be tested in much greater uh, levels against Michigan. Maybe I'm foreshadowing my prediction here, but I, I think Michigan is ripe for running all over UNLV on Saturday. I'm just going to say that. No, I, I agree there. And I know we talked earlier about, yeah, maybe spreads uh, might be coming down because of the new clock rolls. But really, Michigan should have covered against ECU and, and missed out on some opportunities. That that goal line fumble, um, a missed field goal, missed extra points. So there was definitely some points left on the board there. But I, I don't think UNLV is as good as, as ECU. And I think Michigan's really going to uh, – it's going to be a, a blowout on Saturday. Michigan still ranked number two in the country. UNLV has faced the second-ranked team once. Uh, they opened the 1996 season against Peyton Manning and Tennessee, and they Ooh. lost 62-3. to So uh, I don't know. What does that mean for, for this game? Absolutely nothing, but a relevant note nonetheless, uh, or an interesting one, I guess, at least. Uh, okay, Michigan, UNLV. Uh, they're telling you 3.30, but it's 3.39 is when Toe will meet Leather at the big house on CBS, you know, you, you go from the most extreme to kind of the most basic, you know, who doesn't get this regular <laughs> CBS, CBS, no trouble finding that. I don't think on your TV, uh, but yes, you have to adjust to just a different uh, game presentation and broadcasters that, you know, you've heard over the years on, on those big sec games, but coming to the big 10. So Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson on the call. I, I spoke to Gary Wednesday night. I asked him, uh, when he thought the last time was that he, co- he covered a Michigan game or called a Michigan game, he couldn't remember. <laughs> so that's how long it's been. 
So it's going to be, uh, you know, obviously familiar names, but uh, like you said, different network, different presentation. Well, good year to get into Big Ten football for them because, yes, they certainly have some legitimate playoff teams. And, uh, yeah, so that's I know Gary likes talking about those SEC teams and their playoff uh, possibilities. So, uh, you know, now now a Big Ten guy. And he always has been as far as, you know, his his, his roots, you know, grew up in Michigan and played at Purdue. And, uh, Aaron, you'll have a separate story on him or just kind of working some stuff into pregame coverage. Yeah, I probably will. You know, he, he said he went to Purdue. He almost picked Michigan, but that's when uh, Bo took over. So there was a coaching staff change. So, yeah, he had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, he turned 72 now on Sunday. Uh, still going strong. He's looking forward to, uh, to watching Michigan play on Saturday. So. All right. Well, we'll have plenty of coverage uh, before, during, and after on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.